0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. So we're talking about God's Word, uh, the power of God's Word this month. And, uh, you know, it's more of a teaching. Um, today I want to talk to you about that you can trust God's Word. And this may help you out because I, I think if, if anything's under attack... In our, in our um, lives or, or in, 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 in this culture, it's the Bible. The Bible is under attack. The word of God is under attack. And people think they can live outside the word of God. That's why you have atheists they they, they, they don 't they don't like the Bible because you know uh, it, because it, it it reveals the truth of God and, and that god 's a judge and there 's a heaven and there 's a hell to there 's a heaven again and a hell to shun they don 't even want to talk about evil amen, but you know there is evil out here, amen. and the enemy 's working against our faith so hopefully this morning um, that this, uh, that you can trust god 's word that this will help you not only will it help you personally. To, to trust the word of God, which I know you all trust the word of God. But do you know anybody that, that refutes the word of God in here? In, in other words, can, can you be a, a better uh, person in witnessing? Can, can we increase in the ability to witness to people? Amen. I think we can. And the more knowledge that you have about a subject, the more confidence you're going to have. And then when somebody asks you the hard question about the Bible, you'll be there. Amen. So, so let's look at 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. And this is a good verse. I talked about it last week and through this month. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, uh, you know, I like that because we're supposed to be thoroughly equipped. For what, what's a good work? Witnessing is a good work. Amen. In other words, sharing your faith. And I know it's not it's going to be more than just sharing Bible facts that may draw people. A lot of times it's your testimony. Anybody have a testimony in here? Amen. You better have a testimony. Amen. Or you're just going to have some monies. Amen. So you better have a testimony in here. You, you better be able to to give a reason why you have faith. Amen. You need to give a reason. You need you need to know why you have faith this morning. I'm telling you, it's so awesome when we pray and God answers prayer. I heard somebody say I'm, I'm getting to my my message here, but I heard somebody say we just got lucky. I said, luck has nothing to do with it. Amen. You know, you know, we just got lucky, Pastor. Well, it just missed us again. It was luck. No, no, it has nothing to do with Luck. Your life is not about luck. It's not the roll of a dice. Are you here what I say, we just got lucky and, and the storm just passed us by. And No, no, luck comes, that, that comes from the word, I, I believe, uh, uh, that, that's, a, that's a word like for gambling, lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's no gamblers in here. Are, are there any gamblers? Okay, we won't go there this morning. But, but I, you know, when I pray, I don't gamble in prayer. I believe that God hears our prayers Amen. And he answers our prayers. Amen. Matthew 24, 35 says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, Jesus says. So I'm going to give you some keys why the Bible can be trusted. And uh, I'm going to say this. The Bible is historically accurate. Amen. In Psalms 33, 4 says for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. See, some people think. Unbelievers may think that we just have blind faith. Oh, you just, just believe whatever the preacher tells you. You just you just, just believe you know whatever's in word. You don't even know what the word is. And you don't have any evidence that the Bible uh, has any truthfulness. Yeah, we have lots of evidence. In other words, uh, there are three keys that will give the validity of the historical um, uh, backing of the Bible. And one of the keys is eyewitness accounts. And I'm going to say this, that, that people that wrote the Bible, they were eyewitness accounts of what was happening in that day. You know, the, the Gospels, these, these, the, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were eyewitness accounts of, of seeing Jesus and then writing down what they experienced by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so most of the Bible was written by people with eyewitness accounts. Moses, you know, he experienced... The Red Sea parting, he experienced going through on dry land. He exp- and he wrote about these things. So eyewitnesses. Uh, another another way that that determines uh, the historical accuracy of a of a document is a rec- it's recorded and copied with extreme care. The Jews uh, that God picked the Jews to to handle the Word of God, and the Jews were very meticulous when they wrote down the scriptures. They uh, i read they every time they wrote down the scriptures, they would speak the words out loud before they wrote it down. Amen. And so also, if if the word Jehovah came up in their writing and writing the scriptures, they would stop. They would wipe their pen off and they would go take a bath and come back and write the word Jehovah. Think about that. I mean, I mean, that's pretty awesome. And, and they had a certain way of writing it down, and they, they kept total accurate records. Uh, could you imagine taking a bath every time you wrote God <laughs> down on a piece of paper? Amen. Somebody say, wow. wow. And so they were really meticulous. They would even count the words. And if the words didn't line up to where they're supposed to line up, they would just discard the whole document and start over. Think about that. See, you have people that will say, "Well, how do you know the Bible's true? And how do you know that that it was just just not made up, uh, uh, and, and that 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 it was accurate when it was written now? But we have knowledge. Say, I have knowledge, and then you have archaeological confirmations that the Bible is true. Amen. And, and you can find they find all these civilizations that connect to the Bible. And uh, you know, just a hundred years ago, they they couldn't find the, uh, uh, the 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 group of people that were called the Hittites. And the Hittites, uh, Abraham actually bought a, 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 a grave uh, a grave site from the Hittites when you know, when he was around. Uh, remember David? He he uh, he killed uh, that soldier, and that soldier was a Hittite. Amen. And so but they founded in 1906 in Turkey, the Hittite, uh, uh, the, the, the state of the, the, the Hittite in, in Turkey. And so it over it overturned some of the, the people that were negative and saying, oh, the Bible just makes up names and all that. No, the Bible doesn't make up names. It's it's historically correct. Amen. So that should make you feel pretty good. Amen. That your Bible is historically correct. Amen. And it is scientifically accurate. You know, uh, it's funny. You know, science always seems to be pitted up against the Bible. Have you ever noticed that? And you always got science fighting the Bible. But science and the Bible work really hand in hand. And have you ever noticed that in science, when they discover something, it changes? They will tell you coffee's bad for you. Then they will tell you coffee's good for you. They will tell you this food is good. uh, This food is good and this food science, you know, will tell you this. And then they start changing what they're saying. And it seems like science just changed all the time. Amen. It went from global warming to, well, we got to change that name to climate change. Because because now it's getting cold instead of hot. Have you ever noticed science seems to always change? But I'm going to say this, the word of God never changes. The word of God is constant, but science is always shifting and fluctuating. They will tell you one day, you know, uh, this is good. And the next day, no, 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 it, it's bad. <laughs> and then they will switch back. No, 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 it's good. <laughs> and they can't agree on anything in science, can they? So, so you can't, you know, and people will try to use science as something that goes against, uh, you know, uh, the, the Bible, but it, it doesn't. It was, did you know it was once believed that the earth was flat? Did you know people thought you could fall off the edge of the earth? Amen. Some, you know, I was looking that up and some people believe that still today. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. Some people still believe that the earth is flat and that we never went to the moon. So, <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? People believe that. But the earth is round and uh, because it, it actually says it in, in Isaiah forty uh, verse twenty two, it says God sits above the circle of the earth, and the people below. Uh, so so it says that that's the first part. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. So really, God sits upon the uh, above the circle of the earth. Uh, that word in, in the Hebrew is sphere. Or that's where we get the word globe. Think about that. The Bible actually reveals truth. It's actually a practical document. It's not just for spiritual people. It's not just a spiritual document and we just get spiritual. There's practical things from the Bible. Do you know, um, in the writing of the Bible, especially when Moses wrote the first five books you know you would think that he was he grew up in, in in Egypt and that he would and he learned a lot about the philosophies of Egypt that that some of that would have penetrated into the first five books of the bible but never did and uh you know some people believe that the earth uh the greeks believed that the earth was held up by 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 atlas you know the greek gods did, did you know that that the earth was held up by atlas you, you ever seen that guy that big strong that the the, the Okay. And uh, uh, I think you may have seen, you know, the statue of the guy holding up the, the, the planet. Uh, the Hindus believe this. Get this. The Hindus believe that the earth sat on back of an elephant, which stood on the back of a sea turtle, which stood on the back of a serpent that swimmed in the ocean. I don't know what they were smoking when they believed that. <laughs> Anybody ever dabbled in drugs in here? <laughs> because that sounds like a trip, man. They they just they 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 believe that. Can you believe that? Should I say, that that on the back of an elephant? Amen. And you know how brilliant the Egyptians are. You know they 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 were masters at at, at architecture and. And, and, you know, even the, the pyramids today are, are, you know, it's amazing that we see these pyramids and how they constructed the pyramids and they were architecture masters. But they believed that the earth stood on five pillars, five pillars. And so even Moses, if Moses received any of that he, and believed that, he would have wrote that in the first five books of the Bible. And but the oldest book in the Bible, you may not be aware of it, is the book of Job. And Job gives some truth about the earth in Job 26, 7. And, it's, and, Job, and, and Job 26, 7 it says, God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. <laughs> Think about that. And so we, we know that, that, in other words, that's the, the m- most accurate way of saying where, how the earth is. Because it's really hanging on nothing. It's, of course, it's in a... It, it, it's, it's gravity and all that. They didn't know that back then. But, but it's all set and we're in a solar system. Amen. So, so I'm telling you that the Bible is not just only accurate document. It's a true document. And it gives, it gives revelation. And, and the people of the earth, all they have to do is go to the Bible and they could figure out some things. Scientists can figure some things out if they just go to the Bible. Uh, you know, uh, let's talk about astronomy for a second in the Bible. It's, I'm not saying astrology. That's to find out what the stars tell you, who you are, and if you're going to have a good day. Now, we're, we're, we, we are Christians. We walk by faith. We don't look at our horoscopes. Because it might be a horrible day if, if your horoscope says it's a bad day. Amen? So I'm not talking about astrology. I'm talking about Astronomy. That's a little different, okay? I don't want you getting alarmed this morning saying, Pastor's talking about astrology now. Uh, but astronomy is the is study of the planets and the stars. And um, I, I did fail my science class. No, I'm kidding. But uh, Ap- Aparchus was a, was a brilliant man. He, he lived 150 b- before Christ. He counted the stars and the people swallowed this. And he counted the stars and he said there's about 1,022 stars out there. And for many years, people believed that. And then this, then this other guy, a brilliant man named Ptolemy, and he was a very brilliant man of that day, a smart guy. Somebody say smart guy. And he was a brilliant man of that day. He said that man is all off. Man, no way, it's not a thousand twenty-two stars. It's a thousand twenty-six. He missed it by four. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So really, uh, scientists today—they uh, believe uh, they—they—they—they will—they t- will give you an estimate of how many stars are in our solar system. Amen. And we're in—you know—what solar system we're in? Does anybody know? Milky Way. We're in the Milky Way, and so—and so—but uh, but, but s- some scientists say it's probably about hundred billion stars. Some say two hundred billion stars. But we can never really know how many stars there is because we can't really count them and we have to figure out a certain way of doing it by how we see it and measurements and all this and the light reflect, you know, and how the light comes out. So, so, so they can't, the, the scientists can't even agree how many stars are out there. It'd be like trying to count the grains of the sand on this earth. It's impossible. But um, I'm going to say this in, in Jeremiah uh, 33, 22, it says, As the stars of the sky cannot be counted... And the sands of the seashore cannot be measured. Uh, this This is in Jeremiah. So I will multiply the descendants of my servant David and the Levites who minister before me. So in Jeremiah, it says the stars cannot be counted by man. Think about that. Somebody say, I'm getting some truth this morning. Now, of course, this may not be, you know, for you. I don't know. It may increase your faith this morning. But if you have some knowledge that you can help that person that doesn't believe that the Bible is true... Say, I'm getting trained. trained. Amen. Just a little bit of knowledge of the Bible and how it was put together and, and, and the truth of it can help us out. Amen. Somebody say, Pastor, help me. Amen. And so our God is awesome. This is how awesome our God is. Have you ever thought about... All the stars and and, they, and and that's out there, you know, a hundred, uh, you know, a hundred billion, two hundred billion stars just in our galaxy alone. And just think how many gal and there's many galaxies out there. And do you know it says it says that in Psalms 147 that God counts the stars and calls them all by name. Think about how big God is. I mean, think about how big God is. Hundreds of millions of stars and God has a name for each one of them. If God has a name for each one of those stars, think about hundreds of millions, billions of stars. If he has a name, if that's how almighty our God is, do you think he can pay attention to some of your problems? <laughs> do you think he can he can know what you're dealing, the stresses that you're dealing with? Do you think that he has the ability to help you? With, with all, you know, I, I'm thinking all you have to do when you're dealing with any kind of problem in your life or you're dealing with something that you don't even feel that God can can help you with. Just look up at the stars. Just look at Just 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 do, you know, what Abraham, what God instructed Abraham to do. You know, when he was when he had no children, God said, just look up at the stars because your your descendants are going to number the stars. Think about that. We have over seven billion people on this planet, seven billion. And, uh, and we have a lot of Christians, amen, on this planet. And I believe there's going to be over a billion people in heaven. Do oh, you believe that today? God's, whew, you, hallelujah. We're going to be so many people in heaven. It's going to be awesome. Glory to God. Amen. At least a billion. Praise God. We know that most people aren't going to go their own way. Praise the Lord. But, but we're going to try to get some, and bring them in. Amen. Praise God. Just, how, do you, how do you get people saved? One person at a time. Amen. It, was that, it was like that story of that one kid that, that, that loved starfish and the starfish was floating up on the shore and all these starfish and he was taking them and he was throwing them back into the water as fast as he could. And this old man saw him doing that. And the old man said, look, look at all those starfish. Are you making a difference? And the kid picked up that one starfish, threw it in. And he said, I made a difference with that one. What I'm saying, we can make a difference with just one person. If we can connect one person with truth, glory to God, then we will be bringing them into a closer place with God and we'll get them saved. We'll get another jewel in our crown. (laughs) Amen. Can you verify that jewel in your crown? Well, I, I can't verify that by scripture, but I believe that the more people that we influence for God, God is taking note. And I believe that there's going to be jewels in our crown, amen, because we're all going to get crowns, glory to God. Why? Because we're laying our lives down for God. Amen. You're here this morning. You're laying your life down for God. You're, you're, you're coming to church. There are so many people today that's, that's forsaken the assembly of themselves with the believers in the church. You don't want to forsake your assembly and coming together so we can build one another up, Amen. Praise God. And so, God is an awesome God. So let's talk about medical science in the Bible. Glory to God. Medical science for thousands of years believed this. Uh, they believed in bloodletting. Does anybody know what that is? If you don't know, it's, it's kind of gruesome. I was talking to Yin about it yesterday. My little girl said, Daddy, don't talk about that. And bloodletting is draining blood from its victims. Excuse me, from its patients. Amen. To bring about a cure. <laughs> they believed too much blood in the body could cause sickness. They believed that for thousands of years. That bloodletting was the way to go. In other words, if you're sick, let's just take some blood out of your body. How many people want to go to that physician? You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and you know, one of our presidents actually was, was recorded, died of bloodletting. That was George Washington. He got a cold and he was... I don't know if you ever knew that... But they they came and and they took about 40% of the blood out of his body. And he died that night. This is two years after he was done at the presidency. Can you believe that? And he thanked them for it. He thought it was helping them. Bloodletting. And some still practice that today. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, Primitive... I guess they're primitive medical practitioners. Amen. And so, and so the Bible refutes this practice. It says in Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the body is in its blood. Amen. And, and here, and the rest of it says, I have given you the blood on the altar to pur- purify you, to make you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for life that makes purification possible. So, of course, we understand this. In the Old Testament, they use blood sacrifice to cover their sins. Amen. And so it, it, it blood is considered life. Amen. And so the life of Jesus poured out on Calvary so that we could have eternal and abundant life. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Life is in the blood. Amen. So, so they, they do blood transfusions today. They don't do bloodletting anymore, thank God. In other words, they want to put blood back in your body. Amen. They don't want to just Take it out of your body. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so the Bible refutes that, that practice by saying life is in the blood. You know, the, the Black Plague. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but the Black Plague in the 14th century claimed millions of lives. But it, but, and they were trying to figure out how to contain it. And so it says here that the fathers in Vienna, the, the, the church people in Vienna, begin encouraging the public to start following the guidelines set forth in the Bible... And, and it cut off the disease. Think about that. They, they couldn't figure out. Science back then could not figure out how to contain this. So they went to the Bible and started following what the Bible talks about. And the Bible talks about the law of quarantine. Have you ever heard about quarantining a person? Amen. Do you know that comes from the Bible? Isn't that amazing? And in Leviticus 13 verse 4 it says, But if the affected area of the skin is only white or in discoloration and does not appear to be more than skin deep, and if the hair on the spot has not turned white, the priest will quarantine the person for seven days. So actually, the Bible was the first to come up with quarantining people. In other words, do they do that today? Do they quarantine people today? Is the Bible awesome or what? I'm telling you, it's all in your Bible. In Psalms 12, 6, it says, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. And so the Bible, another key to the validity of the Bible, it's really, I think it's one of the biggest keys, is the Bible is prophetically accurate. The Bible is prophetically, is that pretty awesome? In other words, Hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene, there's over 300 prophecies talking about Jesus. Amen? 300 talking about Jesus' birth, Jesus' ministry, Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus' role in church. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That is pretty awesome. The Bible is prophetically accurate. Amen. And so, and so we have to understand that. And, and Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. Prophecies, Amen. And the Bible, it's what's one amazing thing about the Bible is that King David wrote about crucifixion before they ever crucified anybody before they ever invented it. Is that pretty amazing? He wrote about crucifixion and Jesus being crucified before there was ever anybody instituting that as capital punishment. I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, there's over 300 prophecies just to, one man did a study, and just to have just eight of those prophecies, just eight of them, you know, uh, to be confirmed, which more than eight has been confirmed, over 300 has been confirmed. It would be like, you know, it would be, he, he studied the law of averages. And the law of averages is like, say you have ten tennis balls, ten white, uh, nine white ones and one red, and you, and you blindfold yourself and, Go in there and p- try to pick the red one, and and that's one out of ten. You you have one out of ten chances of getting the the red ball. Well, well, same thing with this is that, that they say that the the number it, it's it's a quadrillion. Anybody, anybody ever heard of a quadrillion? It's more than a billion, more than a trillion. It, 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 it's one out of one quadrillion. In other words, it's ten to the seventeenth power. In other words, if 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 for, 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 for Jesus to fulfill just eight prophecies, it would be like taking silver dollars and putting them over the, the state of Texas and putting them two feet deep and marking one of those silver dollars red. And then have a person come in and, and try to pick that red silver dollar out of that entire state. Can somebody say impossible? Impossible. impossible. It would be impossible. In other words, it would be more possible for you to win the lottery. Amen. Then for Jesus to, to uh, uh, be able to fulfill all these prophecies. And of course, some would say, well, Jesus read the book and he figured out a way to make the prophecies come. Have you ever heard that? Jesus read it. And, and so he made sure that the donkey was going to be in that place. And because it said that. And how did he figure out where he was going to be born? <laughs> Get that one. How, how did he figure out that, that uh, they said that the, the, his clothes would be gambled for? How did, how, how did he get that one done while he was on the cross? Did he pay the, the soldiers? Did he, get, did he let them know ahead of time? He, no, no. How, how did he? How was they couldn't find him in the grave? He was raised in death. How did he do that one? Because he's God in the flesh. He's almighty God. We serve a mighty God today. We serve an awesome God today. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so the the prophecies uh, can be trusted. Second Peter one twenty one says, "For prophecy never has its origin in human will, but prophets through humans spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is divine information from God Almighty, and it's given to us to reveal truth about what's going to come down the pike." Amen. And I'm telling you, Jesus is awesome. The Bible can be trusted. Amen. And Jesus said that we can trust prophecies of the Old Testament. And, you know, some people don't believe in some of the things of the Old Testament. You know, but Jesus believed in it. You know, Jesus believed that Jonah was swallowed by by a fish. Jesus believed that. Jesus said Jonah was in the heart of the belly of the fish. He believed that. Some people think these are made up stories. It's not. It's true. Somebody say my Bible's true. The word of God is true. I believe that. If, that if the Bible says it, I believe it. And that settles it. It doesn't matter how we, you know, how our small brains are trying to figure it out. Amen. There, there's prophecy in the last book of the Bible. And yet it is to be fulfilled at yet a fulfilled time. And, and so in the book of Revelation, that's a whole book of, of prophecy. How many people like the book of Revelation in here? Do you know that we're coming close to the fulfillment of the book of Revelation? Do you know that we're closer today than ever before? Uh, uh, you You know, before 1948, there was not a nation of Israel. Did you know that? And, do and you know, the Bible prophesied that, that the Jews would come together back in their own Just the, the Jewish nation existing today and flourishing is a true fact. And mean, just Hitler trying to kill the Jews. Just if you're ever talking to anybody about the Bible, you can say, do you think that that Hitler you know, killing six million Jews? Do you think that that was maybe inspired by the devil? <laughs> Why? Trying to wipe off God's people off the planet. Amen. Why? So prophecy can't be fulfilled. Are you are you hearing what I'm saying? to you? Hitler trying to wipe out the Jews and the Jews not having their own state. Just the fact that the Jews have their own state and they're flourishing. Amen. You know, it was just a dust ball when they got there in 48. But you go now they're flourishing. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? to you? Just that fact alone proves the Bible's true. The state of Israel. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? Just just how do you know the Bible's true? You just say the state of Israel and walk. Drop the <laughs> mic. Are you here? I'm done. The state of Israel. <laughs> Are you listening to what I say today? That's all I need to know, you know? Amen. Before 1948, you know, with uh-uh-uh, you don't know. But after when the, when the nation became a, a nation and they got their own land. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing to me. So, so Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation is coming all together. It's coming together. It's coming to a head. Do you know we're in place right now where they could actually They talk about in the, in the book of Revelation, the mark of the beast. Have you ever heard of that? And, and talking about that you can't buy or sell without having this chip that's on your on your hand or on your forehead. Amen. And, uh, you know, but, but they have technology now where they can put all your information in a chip and embed it in you. And, and like a size of a grain of, of, uh, um, um, grain. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, and so they can embed all this information, uh, in this, in this little thing and they can embed it in you. We have the technology now to where the book of revelation can really come, come to pass. And, you know, I'm telling you, the Antichrist is on the rise. <laughs> Amen. I, I know we're here to look for Jesus because Jesus is coming back. We're not here to try to find the Antichrist. But I'm telling you, it's coming up to a, to a place where it's, it's a one world government system that's coming up. But, you know, you can be thankful because when all this is happening, you guys are going to be out of here. Thank you, Jesus. Are you here? what I'm saying? In other words, I'm going, I'm going on the second load. You say, with the second load, yeah, the first load, the dead in Christ will be rise first, right? And then, because I, I believe Jesus will come back before I die. Amen. And then I, I'm going to be taken up, and I'm going to be changed of a twinkling of an eye. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you? We're, we're just getting prepared and ready for heaven. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying Jay? This is exciting today. The Bible is so true and so exciting. And, and I, I believe just some of this information is going to help you bring somebody closer to God. Amen. And so uh, let's see here. So the last book, it says in Revelation 22, verse six, it says, the angel said to me, these words. Talking about the book of Revelation, Revelation 22, 6. These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angels to show his servants that things that must soon take place. Amen. So so we see here that the book of Revelation is very relevant. The Bible actually said we need to read the book of Revelation. And it says if you do read it, it may scare you. But if you do read, don't be scared. Amen. Because the wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God is coming on this planet. Can I say that again? The wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God is coming on this planet. Jesus came, you know, the first time, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to show the love and the mercy of God. And he's doing it right now, trying to draw people in to the kingdom of God. But if they keep pushing God away, then, then they're, they're going to be under God's wrath. And we're not under God's wrath; we're under His grace. Are yes, oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, the number four key is: is the Bible is th- th- thematically unified? I talked about this a little bit last week. That 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 it, it, it took a time span of over 1,600 years, 40 writers, 12 nations, three continents, uh, uh, for the Bible to have the same theme and the same uh, person without contradictions. In Luke 24:27. And the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. This is Jesus. He said that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Moses is the first five books of the Bible. And all the prophets is the rest of the Old Testament. Jesus was talking about the Old Testament. He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. This was after Jesus was raised and dead. He was walking with the the, the people in the road of, of, uh, what was that road? Emmaus. Thank you very much. Help me preach this. And uh, through the road of Emmaus. And he was talking about giving signs. You know what? When we read our Bible, we should look for Jesus in it. See, Jesus is in your Bible. Jesus is in the book of Genesis. Uh, I remember I was reading the book of Genesis one day. And either I get Jesus or I get the or I get uh, from the Bible. I get restoration or salvation. And it's interesting to me is when uh, I was reading in Genesis and and it says that the, the earth was void and formless and darkness was all over the earth. And the Lord said, let there be light. And then God created everything and put order. And the Lord revealed to me is that we're like that. We're like that chaotic, out of order earth. You know, we're called trees sometimes. The psalmist calls us trees. So we're made of the earth. Amen. And so so we're we're likened to trees. You know, when you worship, you're like a tree swaying back and forth. Hopefully your arms are up. Okay, We, we, we won't go there. But are you listening to what I'm saying today? And the earth was formless and void. And God said, let there be light. And God recreated the earth. We were like that before we were saved. And God hovered over the earth. And God hovered over you before you were saved. And and somebody preached a message to you and spoke light to you and out of disorder and chaos came order. Somebody say, I have order in my life. If you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will put order in your life. If your life is chaotic, then you got some sin creeping in. Are you listening? Because sin will always cause our life to be chaotic. If there's sin or if we're not getting into the word or we're forgetting who we are in Christ, the Bible said, don't forget who you are in Christ. Don't be short sighted in what you have in Christ. Don't don't be short sighted. Don't don't forget who you are. That's why we got to stay in the word of God. The word of God will reveal to us who we are in Christ. Are you listening to me? Listen, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It is the power of. Amen. So so it's uh, uh unified. And, you know, you can see types of shadows of Jesus in the Old Testament. And I'm going to say that. that so so you can see that. And just the story of Cain and Abel. You, you ever thought about this? The first story of, of the first murder was Cain and Abel. And, and Cain uh, and Abel. Abel gave a, 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 a acceptable sacrifice. Cain didn't. And so Abel gave that acceptable sacrifice and God was pleased with the sacrifice. And Abel uh, was like a type of shadow of Jesus. And his brother was like a type of shadow of the Pharisees. And, and the Pharisees were jealous over Jesus. And Cain was jealous over Abel. And so, what, so the Pharisees, they, 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 they plotted a plan to have Jesus crucified. And, and Cain killed Abel, and because he was righteous and Cain wasn't. And also it says that, that, that Abel's blood speaks from the ground, justice. And the Bible says that God, that Jesus' blood speaks from the holy of holies, mercy. Think about So Cain and Abel and, a, and and God is able. Okay. <laughs> and that's just a plain word. But God is able. In other words, that's a type and shadow of. Of, of Jesus, there there's so many stories. you know Abraham sacrificing Isaac, it, 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 it 's the story of, of God sacrificing his son for us. And when God said to, uh, to, to Abraham, "I want you to sacrifice Isaac, I want you to take him up onto the mountain and sacrifice him." And, and when Abraham was walking with Isaac, Isaac says, "Where 's the sacrifice?" And, and, and Abraham said, "God will provide the sacrifice." Abraham was believing, amen. He went up there to sacrifice Isaac. And guess what? The angel of the Lord stopped him. And said, "And and, and because it was a test. Somebody say test. And so the angel of the Lord, and then there was a ram in the thicket. And so Jesus was like the ram in the thicket, was the substitute. And so God was revealing a story. See, Abraham uh, was willing to... to, uh, kill his son for God, and God was, is willing to give his son to us. Notice that that's like a type and shadow. There's types and shadows all through the Old Testament that Jesus is real. Are you listening to me today? There are types of, Joseph was, was, a real, uh, was a patriarch in the Old Testament. And, and, and Joseph's uh, life was very similar to the life of Jesus. Anybody ever heard that before? And Joseph's brothers you know, threw him in a pit. And Joseph brothers did not like Joseph and Joseph, you know, uh, you know, ended up becoming second of command in Egypt, you know, to the Pharaoh, second to the Pharaoh. And, you know, God Almighty is first. Jesus sits on the right hand of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And the whole Bible really talks about Jesus. Amen. G- Jesus was in the wilderness. Uh, well, the type of shadow, of Jesus in the wilderness is when the Israelites, they were uh they were complaining and they were griping about their circumstance and their situation. And the Bible says snakes came up and started biting them. And so uh Moses started praying for them, and God said, Make a brazen serpent and put it on a pool and lift it up. And that brazen serpent was a type and shadow of Jesus on the cross. Think about it. Jesus is all through your Old Testament. Somebody say amazing. Somebody say, I need to read my Bible. And so, and Jesus even quoted that in the scriptures. He said, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus quoted that. Jesus talked about the serpent being on the, talking about that being him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Isn't that powerful? I'm telling you, the, the, the Bible is so awesome that, that, that how can you dispute the Bible? You know, the Bible uh, can be uh, can be trusted and Jesus trusted the Bible. In other words, Jesus believed in the Old Testament. He believed in the word of God. In Matthew five eighteen, it says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus believed that, like I said earlier, Jesus believed that Jonah was swallowed up by a big fish. Jesus believed the Old Testament. Jesus preached the Old Testament. Glory to God! Even the even the patriarchs, even the 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 gospels that were written and the and the the letters written to us, a lot of the the references were pulled out of the Old Testament. Did you know that? So, so one person said it this way. The Bible is the most despised, derided, denied, disputed, dissected, debated, outlawed, and destroyed book ever. In other words, people are trying to destroy the Bible. They're trying to get rid of they, the, the Bible used to be in our schools. Isn't that right? And they got the Bible out of our schools. And our schools isn't any better. And they got more murders and more things happen. Why? Because the Bible and prayer, you take God out of your equation, you're just going to have chaos. Amen. You take the Bible out of school, you take prayer out of school, and then it just becomes a religious institution with no moral value. Amen. And, you know, I know parents are supposed to be raising the children and bringing morals in there. But, but the teachers are supposed to be set on a high standard, too. They look at the teachers And I'm telling you, when we taught the Bible, we taught, you know, the the truth of the Bible. I'm telling you, our nation was much better. Can I get an amen or oh me? Amen. So so the Bible has survived all attacks and still thrives. Amen. It's like the Energizer Bunny. The Bible keeps going and going and going. Amen. I don't know if you guys ever remember that, that commercial. All right. So, so first Peter 1, 24 and 25 says, because of all flesh is as grass and all glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and it flowers, falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which was the gospel was preached to you. So, so what, what, what is Peter saying? He's saying that the word will never fail, will never be done away with one brilliant person in the 1700s. He was a French philosopher, a writer and a historian. His name was Voltaire. Anybody ever heard of this man called Voltaire? And, and, and he was, he was, in this, uh, he was a, a French philosopher in the 1700s. He wrote this statement. and He was a writer too. And he was well respected in France. He was from France. He wrote this statement. He said, and he fully believed it. He said, within a hundred years, the Bible will be forgotten. Think about this. This guy was a smart guy i mean a smart guy. Amen. Sometimes we can be too smart for our own good. You know, it, it, we, we need to be very careful with being intellectually. Just because you're, you, you have some intellect about you, you need to have some humility about you. Because sometimes intellect will, will get you all boasted up and you're all proud and all that. No, no God raises the humble, but he brings the, 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 the prideful down. And unfortunately, people that are too smart for their own good—they think that they got it all figured out. They're going to—they're going to end up bowing before Jesus. Maybe not on this earth, but probably that, yeah. After their, their bodies are going to be raised too. Amen? Amen. And then every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. In heaven, on earth, under the earth, glory to God. That Jesus is what Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. So he said he wrote this statement. Within a hundred years, the Bible will be forgotten. After he died, his home became the headquarters of the French Bible Society. Think about that. I mean, it, does God have a sense of humor? This guy was so smart and he was always writing against and he wrote a lot of stuff. and He was against Christianity and he was against religion. And then he, after he died, his home became the headquarters of the French Bible Institute. You, is that amazing or what? It, it, does God have a sense of humor or what? Amen. And he said in 100 years, the Bible will be no more. Oh, my Lord. So the question is, what is your final authority in your life today? What is your final authority? Uh, Is it the word or the world? Is it is it the is your final authority? What's on the news or, or what's in the good news? What is your final authority? Is it in the news? Is it what's going on around you right now? Is it the reality of your sickness or is it the reality of Jesus stripes? Are you listening? What, what is your reality? My reality is the word of God. I have to make this my reality. Amen. Just like some people say, well, prayer doesn't matter. Prayer doesn't work. Well, sure worked this week. Amen. Well, that was just a coincidence. How many coincidences are you going to have? You know, yeah, prayer works. God still does miracles. God's still on the throne. Amen. Glory to God. We serve a living God that cares about us. If you saw, if you saw any of the storm, anybody tracking it, it went all around us. I mean, it was like, I didn't even touch us. Did you get any rain where you were at? I didn't, I barely seen any rain. I did buy sandbags. I did get prepared. I did get some water. You know, you know, you, you know, even though you still believe God for divine protection, you still lock your door at night, don't you? Why? Because you do what you can do and then. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So you still lock your door at night, even though you have the blood of Jesus covering your doorpost. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. And the the last key is the Bible has transforming power. The the validity of the Bible is that it could take somebody that's a drug addict and turn them into somebody awesome for God. John Jimenez, that that uh, John and Ann Jimenez that raised up Rock Church, a mega church in Kentville. John Jimenez was a drug addict. He, I believe he spent time in jail, and God was able to raise this man up. To, and this man be it's changed lives. The Bible will change your life. The power of the word will transform you into being wh- what God wants you to be. That's the power of the Bible. It's transformed lives. Some of your lives have been transformed in here. Some of you aren't doing the things that you used to do. You're not drinking the things that you used to drink. You're not smoking the things that you used to smoke. Your life has changed. And hopefully some of you are not as negative as you used to be. Some of you are controlling your tongues because you don't want to get hung by the tongue. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? God is working on you and the love of God is constraining you. Some of your marriages are still intact because God is with you. Are you listening to me today? God brings order in our lives. The word of God brings order in our life. It's transforming power. And it will continue to transform us until we become just like Jesus. I'm becoming more like my Lord. You're becoming more like Jesus. Well, Pastor, you didn't know. You didn't see how I acted last week. You're becoming more like Jesus. I'm confessing that over you. You didn't know what I said. No, you're becoming more like Jesus. You're not becoming more like the devil. You don't want to hook up with that guy. You don't want to be with that guy. You don't want to act like that guy. The devil acts nasty and rude and mean and says curse words. and all. I, I heard somebody say, we've got to be very careful that we're not letting our emotions um, uh, get us to speak negative words out of our mouths. Because when we, when we speak, I, I, I was list, uh, listening to one person say that, that he used to be in witchcraft and all that. And he became a pastor. And he said, our words, just curse words can attract demonic spirits. Ooh, it's quiet in here today. And I, I, I don't want to attract demonic spirits in my life. I don't want to be cursing. I don't want to be dropping any, any curse words. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Our words can, I really believe our words can, can get angels in place to work for us. Amen. The Bible says that God hearkens to the voice of his word in Psalms 103 verse 20. He hearkens. That's when we speak God's word, angels go into power for our work. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Angels start working on our behalf. Angels start working. But when we start speaking the wrong words and we start confessing the wrong things, demonic powers will start working. Are you... Somebody say my marriage is getting better. (laughs) If if you're married. But anyway, my single life is getting better if you're single. (laughs) Are you listening? To somebody somebody, somebody, single now. I don't want to say that. Yeah. My single life is getting better, glory to God. My children is getting better, glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying or have you gone home? John 8, 31, 32 says this way. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you Free, glory to God. I'm telling you, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Do you believe that today? Somebody say, I'm getting stronger in God. I'm confident in the Word of God. Boy, that was was a tough one. I'm trying to get you guys to preach a little bit today. Amen? I want you guys to be on fire for God. Somebody say, I'm fired up for the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. And Father, I thank you for these precious people here, for the precious people that are watching online. And, and maybe you're not following God like you need to or you've never made a confession of faith. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance to do this. So I want you, if, if you're ready for, for God to be in your life. Just say this after being me mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I'm turning from, away from sin and the devil, and I'm turning fully to you. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.